Hello and welcome to the Vorthos Cast. I'm Jay Anelli, and my New Year's resolution is to not interact with people in the fandoms I enjoy. <laughs> wow. That's unfortunate because you're on a podcast with some of us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Lorelai Weissel, and my New Year's resolution is to continue being incredibly gay. Solid. I'm Brian Dawes, and my New Year's resolution is to kill my players in D&D. Heck yeah, TPK, total party kill. Yep, it's coming. By the time you all are all listening to this, we'll have seen the entire set for Theros Beyond Death. But when we record, we have not gotten the full card image gallery yet, so our Flavor Gems episode will be next week. Instead, this week, we are covering Magic the Gathering Chandra, the full comic, uh, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, I also wanted to mention that Magic Legends... So it's the long-simmering MMO being developed by Cryptic Studios and Perfect World Entertainment with Wizards of the Coast. Uh, It's actually, I think, the lead project person on it used to be a Wizards of the Coast employee a long time ago. I have no idea. Uh, well, that's what the Game Informer article said about it. Well, then there you go. Check out Game Informer. Um, they've got a lot of information about the game. It looks interesting, more interesting to me as a action RPG dungeon crawler, uh, than it would have been as an MMO. So check it out. We'll talk about it more when there's more information to talk about. Yeah. Game Informer is doing like deep dives into it all month. Uh, January is kind of their magic legends preview month. Um, we'll drop links to sign up for the beta whenever that happens sometime later this year. Um, so I saw a podcast episode that Game Informer did that talks a whole bunch about the basic gameplay and, and some of the structural stuff in there that was really good and informative. Um, definitely give that a listen. I'll probably drop, there's like a 10 minute, uh, some pre-alpha marketing footage of gameplay um, with some commentary to it that is also uh, pretty good and, and talks about a couple different things, gives you a look at, you know, what the intent of the game is and uh j- just uh good, good stuff to get an idea for for what magic legends is and, and what to expect and uh f- frankly personally like I'm, I'm i'm pretty excited this looks pretty fun um you know like jay just said I, if it was like more of a traditional mmo i think i'd be less interested but as kind of a uh a, you know a one to three player action rpg thing uh i think this looks neat there's like a small deck building system i don't know it's cool and so you may have heard that there's no story for theros beyond death which is unfortunate and as podcasters that kind of puts us in a little pickle because we don't have a lot to talk about but don't worry as uh as i mentioned at the end of last year you know we we had some ideas cooking uh, you know about how we're gonna fill episodes uh I said fill episodes. Don't think of it as filler. Think of it as new, exciting content. Because um, we, <laughs> we're, we're going to do something uh, that I'm, I'm like really, really, really excited for. Uh, we are going to record a short D&D campaign set on Theros. We've run a couple short uh, D&D one-shots on the Discord that you can access uh, by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the Borthoscast. 
Uh, one of our listeners, Chris, has been DMing uh, a couple things there uh, set on Innistrad. They've been really fun. I've been playing in those. I have a vampire warlock named Eula Stromkirk. She is very mean and very bossy. And uh, there was a time I called Thalia a church witch to her face, which was pretty fun. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're going to have Chris on. And uh, he is going to DM a short campaign for uh, me, Jay, and Brian Sutton Theros, and uh, it's it's gonna be fun. I'm very excited. I've I've been I have most of my character stuff figured out, and uh, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm super excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculous. I think. Um, so so we'll we'll have plenty of entertainment, and and you know we we want to keep it themed with Theros. We want to make sure we're staying on that kind of resonant brand for the things that are happening in magic. So uh, there might not be official Theros story, but you're getting a Theros story. And uh, I, I I think it's going to be fun. Um, if any of you folks listen to Lorgoifs, they've done some D&D stuff in the last year too as well, which is which is dope and it's fun. And and I like I like that it works so well for magic. So that that's a thing we're going to do. And uh so I look forward to that in a couple weeks. That reminds me, I need to roll my stats. <laughs> you, Yeah, stats are helpful. Let's move on to the IDW comic, Magic the Gathering Chandra. So we were given a preview copy of the trade paperback uh, digitally uh, for, for the whole podcast to review. Uh, the final issue of the comic came out in December. I believe the paper copy is available the week this podcast comes out. This trade paperback, for those of you who don't know the lingo, the TPB, the trade paperback, it's the collection of uh, Chandra number one through four. It's written by Vita Ayala, uh, who is wonderful. I met them at uh, Emerald City Comic Con. It's got art by Harvey Tullabau, uh, with an art assist by Tristan Jurilan. Uh, colors by Joanna Lofuente, uh, letters by Krista, uh, Krista Meisner and Jake Wood, and edits by Zach Boone and Tom Waltz. And uh, thank you, Zach, for sending us the, the preview uh, so that we could review this uh, right on time for the book to come out. We're going to talk about the overall plot of the book and then talk about what we thought. So, Lorelai, why don't you take us away with Chandra number one and two? So... Uh, <laughs> the fun part about Chandra number one is that when it came out in December of 2017, we, no, 2018, yeah, December 2018, when it came out, we recorded an December episode. December 2017. Look, the the look, delays were not quite that bad. <laughs> look, it's right after New Year's. Things are timey-wimey. My brain hurts. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, so we, we actually did record a whole episode on Chandra number one, which was a mistake in retrospect, but, um... <laughs> So, so, so briefly, so, um, Chandra number one opens up, uh, this, this all takes place after War of the Spark Forsaken. Uh, you know, the War of the Spark is over, Chandra has helped Liliana kill Dovin, um, she's grappling with the trauma of the death of Gideon. She, she helped who kill Dovin? She thinks she killed Dovin. Frasca? Not Liliana, Or, yeah, Frasca. (laughs) It was a whole decade ago, Brian, come on. Gosh. (laughs) <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Um, yes. So she she thinks she killed Dovin, um, and then has this weird breakup with Nissa. We're not going to talk about it. Anyway, so she is going to try and live up to Gideon's standard of being a hero. So the, uh, this comic opens up with her on Dominaria, 
And there are folks getting attacked by Thalids. And so she's like, great, I'm going to go off and be my own hero. And so she starts roasting all these Thalids and, uh, you know, is talking to this little girl. And it's nice and wholesome. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go around the multiverse and do heroic acts. So that's what she starts doing. And then uh, she pops back and uh, is, you know, visiting her mom on Kaladesh. There's a, there was a good line in Forsaken where she shouts to Jaya that, you know, you know, Jaya's not her real mom. She has a mom, and if she wants comfort, she'll go there. So she's been kind of checking in with her mom, um, you know, and uh, she's gotten pretty close with Johnny after all this. And uh, so Johnny's there with T, and he calls her a little candle, which is adorable. P is worried, because Chandra's like... She's burning the candle at both ends? It's, it's, it's like an analog to, um, you know, like the early moments in Spider-Man's career, where he's like in high school and working an internship at Oscorp and doing hero work and he like never sees Aunt May and he's like falling asleep because he doesn't sleep. Uh, that kind of moment. Uh, Chandra's kind of doing that. Uh, she's out trying to do hero stuff all the time and she's wearing herself down. She's effectively doing what he or what uh, uh, oh god Gideon was doing after like bef- before Zendikar. Yeah, in uh, Limits, where he was uh, moonlighting with the Boros and then fighting Eldrazi by day. Yeah. Um, yeah, she really is living up to uh, to his example, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, she is uh, back on Ragatha, and there's a volcanic eruption that is uh, threatening this town. And uh, she's like, wow, volcanic eruption. I'm the perfect person to help with this, which is ridiculous because she's a pyromancer. Um, so she does her best to help and ends up getting, like, pummeled by all this rubble. This is where uh, the last panel, Tybalt, is there and and takes notice of her and is like, hmm, what a troubled little mind. So in uh, Chandra number two, Chandra comes back home and uh, she's pretty hurt. And Pia is, like, doing the mom thing where she's, like, really worried. And is like, hey, Chandra, maybe stop doing this. And Chandra's like, I will. And then, like bolts anyway because she's lying she has a moment on alara where she saves an avon princess and then uh continues her tour of heroism where she's fighting a geist on innistrad which is dope because innistrad is cool and the geists are cool and i liked it and then uh you know this is this is back on tybalt's home turf and so uh you know he approached this is when he first approaches her and he starts uh bringing forth all these bad memories the fights with bolus uh the death of gideon he thinks that because of the way these comics were published are vaguely alluded to and never directly stated but now we know what they are because now we have all the information for the timeline she's been doing a lot of work to try and push down a lot of this trauma and a lot of these emotions and a lot of the self-doubt and uh Tibble brings all that back up and Chandra can't handle it, and she flees to Zendikar. And this is where number three picks up. So Chandra takes a moment to collect herself on Zendikar and decides that um, she wants to head over to where it all started, apparently, um, and that is Amonkhet. So she plainly walks to Amonkhet and um, is seeking closure there, but is confronted by a group of Eternals that they apparently missed um, near the Necropolis. Um, She fights her way over to the um, Bola statues, like, 
and one thing I'd like to say about this, these comics is that I actually like some of the, the the art that was used, especially like the way that she blows things up. It it, it gives a little bit of flair that you don't get a whole lot of in the cards and something i really appreciate from these comics um anyway but she fights her way through the eternals and gets to a bola statue before having the typical chandra moment where she or i shouldn't say say just chandra because jaya appreciates blowing things up too so she blows up the statue and um commits herself to saying that uh you know she's not going to be burdened by the uh the weight of the, the past anymore effectively um and doesn't want bolus to have any more power over her so the story fades to black over to kaladesh where tybalt appears at pia's door and um while he's having a quote-unquote conversation with pia aka destroying the house and taking her hostage chandra is talking to a johnny and parsing her feelings with him seems like he's a good person to do that with wonder if he allows scritches or something but you know that's that's me that's my question um but he you know they they discuss righteous suffering and how it can be addictive or just getting too caught up in the hero life gotta gotta take it easy y'all they eventually get back to wanting to meet up with pia and find the house in the shambles in the, sh- I l- <laughs> in the shambles. I love it. Uh, so in Chandra number four, Tybalt is shown holding Pia hostage. Or I, I think that's actually the splash page on the last uh, of Chandra number three, the final page. So Tybalt starts monologuing again as he does this entire comic. <laughs> and it's great because he always gets like punched in the face when he starts monologuing. <laughs> as any bad guy should. He's not just a masochist. He's a sadomasochist. So uh, Tybalt notes something has changed about Chandra. Uh, and while he's monologuing, Pia does that uh, headbutt backwards and like breaks his nose and gets away from him. You mean he's not just a sadist, he's a sadomasochist. Oh, is that what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I have no idea. It's okay, Jay. We appreciate you. So Pia headbutts him and gets away. Uh, Chandra is pissed that Tybalt came after her mom like that's a no-no you're gonna come after me it's one thing coming after my family is that's a no 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 you you don't get to walk away from that uh she punches him in the face and beats him down with the johnny it's it's just it, he gets a smack down there <laughs> and he retreats claiming that they have the home field advantage here N- never mind that he's the one who picked the fight there but whatever Tybalt there's a cute moment where Chandra turns to a Johnny and says, road trip? And his response is, indeed. <laughs> so they, uh, when they appear on Innistrad, they're ambushed and overwhelmed by devils at first. Uh, Tybalt starts monologuing again uh, and talks about how he heard Chandra's anguish at Gideon's death uh, after, I guess, across the multiverse, because he had, uh, had uh, peaced out from the War of the Spark at that point. And uh, when he returned to Ravnica, he couldn't find where it came from until that moment on Ragatha. And so that's why he's been tormenting her, is because she has such delightful anguish. Tybalt then shanks a Johnny while monologuing about pain. Um, <clears throat> and Chandra is just finally done with him because she is not in the mood for monologues. 
And she goes, you know, you're starting to bore me, Tybalt. And just uses a massive fireball to incinerate all the devils that were overwhelming them. And, you know, casually says, let's get this over with. So I, um, bleh. she just casually says, let's get this over with so I can be home for dinner. Uh, and she just beats down Tybalt <laughs> and then delivers him to the local Cathars. Like, doesn't even, doesn't kill him or anything. She just turns him over because he's more annoying <laughs> than anything else. Uh, then Ajani and Chandra return to Ravnica, where in the background we see that they're dismantling Bolas's citadel. Presumably they're going there for some sort of catharsis because Chandra's been avoiding it uh, since the end of the War of the Spark story. Uh, also, Fibblethip is hiding in that last splash page on Ravnica. I totally missed that. Yep, he's in there. He is the same color as some of the goblins that are like on the bottom of the left page, I believe. So you can you can find Fibblethip. It's like a Where's Waldo. So uh, in addition to to the comics themselves, the trade paperback also has uh, all of the covers. In the back, they have uh, Victor Minguez's uh, artwork. For, I think it was Chandra number two, which is honestly my favorite of the whole bunch. I, I love Victor. He's one of my favorite magic artists. Oh, Victor is fantastic. If you ever are at an event where uh, Victor is there as an artist, bring your commander deck and go play commander with Victor. He's so much fun. And then there are uh, sketch versions of the covers that were used. But, but otherwise, that's about it for extras in the back there. So moving on to the review section... What I'll say about this is I had a, a I had a very, very, very minor role in this, not plot related or anything at all. Um, so I'm going to abstain from reviewing and I will let my co-hosts take it from here. So characterizations, Chandra. I was very confused when the first comic came out and then when the second one came out and then when the third one came out and then... After I had read War of the Spark Ravnica and War of the Spark Forsaken, and then I read the fourth one, and then I was like, oh, now the entirety of this comic series makes sense uh, for Chandra as a character. Um, it picks up from, so, so li like I mentioned in our Forsaken episode, I, I actually like what Forsaken did with um, a lot of Chandra's characterization, uh, the way it moved her to an emotional place where she wasn't able to let her emotions flow freely like usual, where she was drained and reserved and, you know, traumatized by the death of her best friend. I think it's a huge disservice to this comic that it was structured and planned to be released before War of the Spark. Um, I, Story of 2019. I, I really wish this could have come out after Forsaken so that they could actually, like, just save the things that happened before. Um, th this, this includes like both the moments where it's specifically talking about her traumas, but also the moments where she's trying to build herself back up. Like there's, there's no moment where she takes time to reflect on, you know, uh, you know, what Gideon meant to her or what Gideon's death meant to her, because we're not supposed to know about that when we're reading the comic because more of the Spark Ravnica didn't come out yet. Um, so I, I think that hindered it that in terms of texture, of how the comics are structured, I think I think the the under the subtext is all right. I I think she goes through the right motions. I just don't. I wish we had gotten a little more of. I guess the word is is concrete emotional scaffolding, uh, which we don't have. I I like the changes. Um, I mean Chandra is Chandra. She is aggressive. She is chatty. She is snarky. 
I think Vita did a fantastic job giving her uh, a bunch of like comic book zingers. She's a spark off the old flame of Jaya. <laughs> yeah. No, and 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 like that's something similar to when I was writing her for Arena is is uh, like. Um, her uncommon planeswalker card has a couple lines where she's like, she's like testing out zingers, and she's like not sure if they're good zingers or not. Like it was cool to see like her just throwing them out there in the comic, and because that that's that's not something we get to see like on cards or have really gotten to see in in the past stories with her. Um, I am not uh, the biggest fan of how Chandra has been written the last bunch of years. Anyway. Um, and I, and I really like this story, moving her to a more complicated emotional space. So Brian, what about you? I, I really can't say it much better than Lorelai. Um, like the, the, the timing of pretty much everything in 2019 was just disappointing. But I, I think once you have the full story of what happened in, um, Ravnica, um, it, it, it's it really displays something that we don't get a lot of in magic where we get to see someone go through the stages of losing someone and building themselves back up. Um, you know, it's a combat focused game, but we don't really get to analyze the effects of the aftermath of those combat um, situations. And I think this was a really interesting take on it. And I, I, I think it, it's, it's interesting. And I, I'd be interested to see more of them exploring the space and some of the literature that they release, should they continue to release literature at all, which is up in the air, I guess, at the moment. But, you know. Yeah, this is a case where I'm really disappointed the Alara comic that was supposed to happen after this got canceled because um, that was going to continue with Chandra and uh, bring Jason. And I was was very interested to see what they were going to do both with those characters individually and their dynamic together again um, after all this. So. I guess that'll be something we don't get. What about Ajani? Ajani is your really nice, caring, and loving dad who is legitimately great, but he is also an eight-foot-tall catman with teeth and claws and a double-bladed <laughs> axe. And uh, he is not going to lethally injure you, but that is not going to stop him from physically overpowering you and defeating you in combat. Ajani plays that balance really well in pretty much all his appearances over the last bunch of years, uh, you know, since the original Theros block. I think this comic does a good job of using him as kind of a balance with Pia. So he's he's kind of a, a paternal stand-in in this comic uh, in, the, in the first couple issues, where he is the moral compass for Chandra, the, uh, the calm center that she lacks that she can uh, react to and bounce off of and defy. And he does get his little violent moment that like, but that, but that's it. His, his violent moment only comes when his friend is in danger. And uh, that's, that's true to his character. It's true to uh, what he's all about as a protector and a guardian and um, someone who tends towards nonviolence, but knows that you have to fight sometimes. Um, that all, I think, came through in the comic really well. So, Brian, uh, what do you think about Ajani's portrayal in this comic? Um, it, like, like Lorelai said, it's fairly consistent with everything that we know. I, I love that he's the, uh, the non-judgmental friend you can vent to after a rough couple days or weeks or whatever. It's... He's willing to listen and not judge you and just give you the advice that you 
you know, may not necessarily want to hear, but sometimes you just need to hear. But, um, you know, it's it's on par and with everything else that we've gotten. And I love the way that he's given Chandra a little nickname of Little Candle and has become super chummy with uh, Pia. And I love it. Watching him in the comics hold a teacup with his claws is like really really good like that is that is excellent excellent content agreed i think it was nice it's been a while since we've seen a johnny be a mentor and he comes through excellently here yeah, um, I, I actually was kind of disappointed that, like, he, you know, he joins the Gatewatch at the end of Kaladesh and then, like, isn't around for the next couple sets. Um, so we, we didn't actually get to see him interact much with the rest of the Gatewatch. And, and, and this is, um, yeah, again, seeing him in that mentor role is is good. He joins the Gatewatch. Uh, he's there for Aether Revolt. And then he um, disappears to Dominaria. And then when we get to Dominaria, he's in half a story. Um, so what about Tybalt? Tybalt's my trash son, and Vita did so good by him. Um, like, you, you know, we, we we are joking at, like, the part in, in the last issue, you know, part all the parts, where, you know, he is, like, getting pummeled in the face and is still, like, braggingly talking like he is winning a battle. That's Tybalt. Tybalt, like, doesn't... He's, he's just, like dumb he's dumb he's a dumb kid he's not even a kid he's just like a dumbass who's like this garbage idiot who is just like a trash goblin and like that's him like it it this this plays into his sadism um you know his his he just like he just likes messing with people and he likes hurting them and messing with their minds that's just what he does it brings him pleasure he finds it enjoyable he's a full-on internet troll yeah, sort of. <laughs> Vita got that really well, and they wrote Tybalt exactly the way I did. And that that's like, I've I've had this happen a couple times where I've talked with um, other writers, and uh, you know they they've they've written a character exactly the way I've written them, and uh, that's always a fun moment. Like there there are points when other writers write characters differently than I do, which is fine because that's how different authors work. Um, but the, the moments where things converge, I think are really interesting. Uh, this happened a lot with Wilder Quest with, uh, me and Kate Elliott, but, uh, yeah, like Tybalt is just, he's, he's perfect in this where he, he starts off, you know, you know, he ends issue one with this really great big full page image of him being like, oh, this is my evil moment. And then by the end of it, he's just like getting pummeled on his home turf and then just gets thrown over to the cops. It's just like, it's perfect. His whole, the way he arcs through this, uh, you know, the way he like, you know, he, yes, he does manage to break into Pia's house and take her hostage. But then she just like headbutts him and escapes out of his grasp because he like, he's just not good at what he does, which is, is my favorite part about his character is that he talks so big and he cannot back it up. Um, I, I think that is a critical part of Tybalt as a character. I think it's one of the most endearing parts of him. I think it's potentially at the crux of the sadomasochism, because that, that is something very specific I built into his arena lines. Like, he is not just a sadist. I, I think there is an aspect of his personality where he does enjoy getting hurt back um, and and enjoy that kind of struggle. Like, I, I think he likes the struggle, 
Um, I think he likes the fight. I think he picks fights that he knows he maybe cannot win because they're just fun for him. Uh, you know, win or lose, he's kind of satisfied. I think he, like, gets his ass kicked in this a little more than he expects. I love Tybalt so much. I, I would love to be able to write more than just video game dialogue for him. Um, I would like to see him more. I'm, I'm so excited that... I was, I was worried when this comic started, and I was like, oh no, are they going to take Tybalt, like, way too seriously? Is, like, is, is this... Is he just... Are they going to turn him into, like an edgy boy and like make him like aha i'm so evil and and they they didn't uh, vita just delivers on tybalt as like the community expects him to be and and i think that's that's really really good i for someone who's almost never appeared in any other media uh for this to be tybalt's big break is fantastic i think this was a great story for him to like enter the realm of being an actual story character for him it's it's just it's perfect he was the perfect comic book villain to start with like <laughs> you, you couldn't get a more comic book type or you know the stereotypical i'm going to monologue until someone stops me in the middle in the middle of my t sentence and it, it's it was hilarious to read and it was it really was a great counterpoint to um the you know the the, the heaviness of chandra's emotional struggles and i i as campy as it was it, it was kind of amusing to 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 read and it was kind of cathartic at the same time as much as as much pleasure as he was trying to get out of causing her torture it, it brought me pleasure it's like seeing him get constantly interrupted and get his butt kicked while talking so much smack it was hilarious and it, it was well done it, it was what i expected out of tibbles after having the unfortunate cards that he's had so what did you two think about the art of this book I liked it. Um, it felt loose, uh, which I think is appropriate for a Chandra comic. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say about the art, like com comics. So, like illustration isn't my medium, isn't a medium uh, that I know much about, and comics are like, I'm not a avid comic reader. Um, the only comics I really read are magic comics because magic. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if I have a lot to say about the art. Sorry. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, I enjoyed the depictions of Chandra doing her thing in combat, but I also am not an avid comic book reader, so it's kind of like I, I couldn't really give you any kind of comparison um, to anything that I've read because it's been a very long time since I've actually read a comic book. So uh... <laughs> you do. <laughs> All right, so I am an avid comic book reader, and I especially like IDW comics. Uh, so you know, the I think the art on this was good. I think there were uh, like there were a few moments that uh, like a Johnny looking horrifying while holding the tea that threw some people. <laughs> you know, that it is it is uh, uh, Harvey has a a, a very specific style. Uh, that I think works a lot for the action sequences here, and then occasionally for some of the magic creatures. So, overall thoughts. Lorelai, would you recommend this comic? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, 
trying to deal with the release schedule is frustrating, but now that they're out in a, you know, all four issues in one trade paperback, pick up the trade paperback. It's, these comics are fun. Um, like, the, the problem with them coming out and then being delayed was, like, the first issue was, like, hardly anything. Um, it's mostly just set up for the other three issues. But you don't have that problem when you have a trade paperback and can just go through all four, like, one big story. Um, I really like this story. It's small. It's focused. Um, you know, there are basically just four characters, and it's really mostly just the two, and it's really mostly just the one. This is a small story. Like, so I, I, I like small stories um, within big IPs. So, like, I, I was a huge fan of The Mandalorian. Um, that taking place in this, like, tiny little segment both of the galaxy and of the timeline with little characters unrelated to basically anything else. I love that stuff. Um, you know, Nikki Drayden stories I, I adored. Uh, this is the first time in a while we've had something like this with one of the major characters in it. Um, you know, obviously this case being Chandra. Um, and I liked it. I, I, like I said, I disappointed the next comic was canceled because I would like to see Jason there. Um, but I, I liked this one. Um, Vita's writing was really tight. I think they did a fantastic job making everything quick and snappy, which it should be in comics. I mean, I mean, the comparison, you know, the, these are essentially superhero comics. Um, I think that's the closest analog to talking about magic as an IP, um, narratively, thematically, um, in terms of character and, and conflict and stuff. And, uh, you know, th this feels like a little snappy superhero comic, which is exactly what it should be, especially for a character like Chandra, especially in this moment in her life. And for that, I think it's great. And, you know, I again, this is Tybalt's appearance. You want to see you want to see the Tybalt lore. You got to read these comics because um, <laughs> that's literally all you can read for Tybalt lore. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Like if if uh, if you're if you have a local comic shop, uh you know, any anyone in paper, you know, go ask there. Um, if not, uh, it's up on Comixology. Uh, yeah, pick it up. Brian, what do you think? Um, yeah, it was a fun read. Um, I, I actually think the delays might have actually helped it because everyone would have had time to, they would have had more time to get the Ravnica story under their belts before reading the rest of it. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was a fun read. Um, you know, it, it wasn't something that I would normally do it, just because, like I said, I don't read a whole lot of graphic novels or anything like that. But, you know, it was fun. And it, like I said, it gave me a story that you normally wouldn't get out of the magic cards or a lot of the magic uh, novels. And I appreciated it because it, it gives you a little more... Uh, like um, I, I appreciate any glimpses that we can get into the world building that magic gives us that we don't actually get to see a lot because you know like i said it's a combat game but i like knowing the background stories like what we got from um nikki drayden and the other stories like that where we just see what happens behind the scenes yeah even with main characters we're never going to get a story like this in a card set um, I, I think the closest is Ixalan, mm, where mm. it was largely an exploration of Chase, but also it's an exploration of Raska, and that's two whole characters. We, we, like, we don't get these kind of single character dives like in, in card sets. So, like, we, we just don't, and I think they're very good for magic. It reminds me of the micro-series that um, 
IDW does with some of its other properties. So for instance, Ninja Turtles will do a micro series where they'll have just a character focused issue on each of the Ninja Turtles. Uh, that is always excellent. Um, so I'm not always the, <laughs> I'm not going to be the most, um, uh, objective on IDW comics. Uh, I think if you are on the fence about individual issues, I think the collected edition, uh, it, it tell finally tells a full story. And now that we're past all the war of the spark stuff, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, the subtle implications where it was, they were trying not to spoil anything. Um, but I also bought like the first magic, the gathering series from IDW two two copies of each issue. Then I bought the giant collection at the end, even though if you're listening, anyone from IDW, I was very disappointed. We didn't get a final card with that. <laughs> hardcover sitting behind me with the Chandra and right next to it. And then I bought it all again when it was up on uh, Comixology. So I'm a big fan of that uh, and the Dax stories. If you ever listen to this podcast, I think the Chandra comic was a very good uh, character story. Oh, you, you like the Dax comics? You, you Dax oh, fan? Oh, you didn't know that? You Dax fan? Yeah, a li- little bit, a little bit. Because <laughs> he's bit. dead. <laughs> wow. Savage. <laughs> I'm good. We have these jokes forever now. It's great. I'm okay. <laughs> hey, Jay, okay. guess who's the greatest thief in the multiverse? Kiora now. Or, no, you're right. Sorry. I meant to say Kiora. It was her before. Uh, no, no, and yeah, like. Dak was kind of a terrible thief. I loved him for it. No, he's fantastic. I, I loved him as a character, too. So, like, yeah. Um, like, uh, the thing about the trade pair, like, I'm a person who likes having physical things. Um, you know, I, I loved the art book series for being, like, big physical books that I can lug around, and then when I have to move, they're very heavy and an inconvenience, but that doesn't matter, because they're, like, a cool thing to have, and you can, like, flip through them and stuff. So, uh, you know, you know, if you, if you like, if you want the trade paperbacks, like, pick it up in paper if you can, like, it's just a cool thing to have, like, laying around your place of dwelling. All right, let's move on to final thoughts. My final thought is the day we recorded this, that Nintendo Direct came out, and we've got two DLCs for the new Pokemon game, which I've already dumped a ton of time in. Uh, <laughs> this, these guys, I did not think I would be playing Sword and Shield very much, uh, but because my son has gotten Pokemon Fever at the same time when these games came out, and, you know, there's like an actual co-op mode. So I, I've done raids like I have bonded for life with Lorelai and our friend Zach because we all did a raid where we caught a shiny Gigantamax Snorlax together named and we all named him Humongous. Uh, <laughs> I've just really been into it. So I'm very excited for that DLC. I still have not seen a single shiny in the stupid game, even with the shiny <laughs> magic carp event. Oh, I'm I'm up to Sorry, five Brian. now. Oh, it's over now. Yeah, I know. I mean, if it's you if I, I I have shiny magic carps if you want one. I I caught like ten extras because I was like, look, I'm just gonna keep catching them because if people yeah, miss them, I'm I won't gonna have, have them. To, gonna have to hit you up on that because I'm really disappointed right now. Yeah, no, like, yeah, we ran into the shiny Snorlax was amazing, and then I hatched uh, two shiny Snoms, so I have a shiny Snom and a shiny Frostmoth. Um, I'm working on Galarian Stunfisk now, so. Uh, I'm, I, my main thing in Pokemon has been shiny hunting, so I'm 
I'm going to end up with more shinies than most people have, but that's because that's what I put my focus in. No, seriously though, and it's, it's it's not just the DLC. That's so we have we have one expansion that's coming out in June, and then the other is coming out in autumn. It's all part of one pack. Um, they're also remaking the original Mystery Dungeon games. Um, they're getting like full aesthetic makeovers and being released on the Switch as a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX. I'm super excited. Uh, I loved the second wave of Mystery Dungeon games, um, Explorers of uh, Time and Darkness. Um, those games are fantastic. They are probably probably my favorite Pokemon spinoff games, and just, like, they're not even main series Pokemon games, and I think they are better Pokemon games than some of the main, a lot of the main series Pokemon games. And, like, just overall, some of my favorite gaming experiences, those are, like, gut-wrenching and, like, heart-wrenching and heart-stomping. Like, get ready to cry if you play those games. Um, anyway, so I, I had never played the original Mystery Dungeons, um, so I'm excited to, like, have an opportunity to do that, um, you know, in a functional way on my Switch, because it's the, it's the best damn console I've ever owned. I It's just, it's not fair how good it is. Um, so, yeah, like, this is just, like big pokemon info dump like yeah we we might need to become a pokemon podcast if uh the story doesn't pick up again <laughs> i'm game <laughs> i mean li- literally if i had more time i would absolutely be on a pokemon podcast it's like it's it's my second favorite gaming franchise after uh, metroid um i've i was 10 when pokemon came out here in the states so like i was literally the target market from day one and i have stayed with it the whole time other than a short little drop off where i came back i kind of dropped off right before gen 3 and then came back before gen 3 ended and anyways that's the whole thing um like i love pokemon i'm so excited brian what about you final thoughts wait was that I thought that was your final thought that Lorelai co-opted. Well, Lorelai talked for three minutes, so I think we're going to move on to you, Brian. Look, it it was a co-op final thought. Okay. Just just, like Max Raid Battles. There you go. Just just wanted to make sure that Lorelai didn't have anything that she wanted to say before as a final thought. All right. My final thought is, Watsy, we need a Where's Thibblethip art book. uh, we, We should be... I know we should I'm gonna send some emails and uh we'll see where we can get that would be amusing yeah I I, I, I need this or like um so you know you know how uh like the adult coloring books are like really detailed and stuff like we need we need like a an adult coloring book just full of like busy scenes on different planes and there's like a fibble tip in every one so it's kind of like a color your own fine fibble tip thing that would be a cool product. It, it's not going to get made, but like I would buy it and color it and enjoy it. If if you would like to give me your final thoughts, you should join the Patreon. Lorelai, talk more about that. <laughs> <laughs> you can head over to patreon.com slash cast, as I mentioned earlier in the episode. Everyone who supports us gets access to our Discord community, where we have Vorthoses from around the world talking about you know, right now, largely Theros uh, and Pokemon. Like, I, I think the Pokemon channel is like one of the most active channels on the entire server. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're gearing up for some more D&D stuff. Uh, you, if you uh, subscribe at our highest tier, uh, you can be a live listener and uh, tune in to our 
episodes as we record them. So you not only get to listen to us a couple days early and, and you know get to consume the content before everyone else does, uh, you get to hang around before and after the episodes to chat with us. Um, you get to hear all the little moments where like Jay's son will show up and we'll have to break an episode for like five minutes while Arjun is talking. Um, it's it very, was, listen, it was very important. He asked us where we do yoga, where you do yoga so you can get a lucky coin like his. <laughs> and look, I just don't have an answer for that, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone does. <laughs> Uh, so you can also feed Brian final thoughts because that's I don't know how that became a thing that's been kind of a recurring thing now but yeah whatever <laughs> uh, so if that's something that interests you uh, head over to Patreon uh, we, we love everyone who helps us uh, keep the show running thank you all for listening this has been the Vorthos Cast <laughs>